Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm your host, Elena Stoddard, and something exciting about this episode is I'm actually recording it in New York in my new dorm building. I'm not actually in my dorm room. I'm in a study lounge in the building because my roommate's taking a nap, but that's not really important to you as a listener, but it's a little note to me, like, wow, I'm starting my sophomore year in college and living in a totally new place, and I think that's really exciting. And so for this week's episode, I'm just going to be talking about um, a little bit of just like moving in, little life update, what I've been up to, and then I'm just going to be talking about a little realization I had lately. Maybe this will come off more like a very brief TikTok video event about something, but I've had a revelation with a new way that one can approach dating. So hopefully you enjoy this week's episode and let's just get into it. To start off, let's just start with some background information, kind of just giving you the cliff notes on my life if, I don't know, maybe you just haven't kept up or you're newer to the podcast. So hi, my name's Elena and I'm currently a sophomore at Fordham University and I moved in, in, like, because I live on campus, because I am from Illinois, and Fordham University is New York, so I can't commute. That's not possible. I moved in yesterday, if you're listening to this on the day it's released, so Monday, August 29th, and I'm living in one of the biggest sophomore housing dorms here and it's basically just like this huge building with like five floors and I'm super excited to be living here because most of my friends are living in the building which is amazing like it's gonna be so easy to go hang out with people and the building is also just in a great location it's by the Ram Van offices so basically Fordham has two campuses we have a campus in the Bronx and then we have a campus in Manhattan and the Ram Van just drives between the two, so you don't have to take like a train or the subway to get between campuses. So being by that office is great because it's an easy and safe way to get into the city. And then it's also right by a food place. So if you are in college right now, you know that getting food can kind of be a struggle. I mean, our lives are not that hard, but when you're tired at the end of a really long day and you're hungry and it's like, pouring rain or snowing or cold or you're just really not having it walking like half a mile to the cafeteria can really be a struggle (laughs) so I'm just happy to be living by food as well so that's why I'm so excited to live in O'Hare and I'm pretty sure you will hear my roommate on at some point in the upcoming month their name is Campbell literally love Campbell you should go listen to their podcast episode if you have not already heard it. So that's also really snazzy. So yeah, I guess that is just a really quick recap of what's been going on in my life. And I didn't arrive in New York on Monday, the day I moved in. I actually came Sunday and stayed with one of my good friends. She like lives near the school and we like went to the city for the day and just hung out. But I want to tell you just kind of a heartwarming, cute story that I experienced while on my travel from Chicago to New York. I do not know 
if you fly often, if you enjoy flying, maybe you're really well versed in it. I know that all of us have, if you do fly, we all have our own airlines that we prefer. And you know, being a little TMI, I really enjoy Southwest Airlines. And that is because they give you two free checked bags. Let's hear it for Southwest. So I, <laughs> I was flying on a Southwest plane to get here. And I was like sitting in the boarding area, you know, like the little waiting area waiting to get on the plane. And I saw this dad and this very little boy. And I placed the little boy's age around five or six. Just if you didn't know, I also watch kids like I'm a nanny over the summer. So I have like a pretty good idea of kids ages just from like being around them, you know. And so I'm like, okay, in my head, this kid, he's probably like five or six and you know, he seems very happy, he's energetic, I mean, he's got like little Velcro shoes on, he's got a little sweater, like a little zip-up sweater on, he's got a Spider-Man backpack, and who I presume to be his father gives him a hug, and the father like kind of passes the kid off to a flight attendant, and the flight attendant puts this little lanyard on this boy, and it just says like Southwest, and inside are some papers, and that's when I clicked in my head, I was like, oh, like this five-year-old is taking the flight alone to New York. Now, I don't really remember what I was doing when I was five, but I guarantee you I was not flying halfway across the country on a plane without my parents or legal guardian when I was five. And so this little boy, you know, he like holds the flight attendant's hand. He's walking into a little tunnel. There's normally a tunnel that takes you from the airport waiting area into the plane itself. And I did this when I was like 12 maybe, but I was like pretty much older. But you can, as a parent or a guardian, you can pay an airline to kind of quote like babysit your kid. So basically, they're an unaccompanied minor, but like a flight attendant or whoever is paid extra money to like keep special eye on the kid. And so I'm like, oh, like that's awesome. Like this kid's flying by himself. Flash forward that, you know, the kid got on first. Like he was the first person on the plane. Kid gets on first, and then, you know, I board the plane, and I noticed that the kid, he's sitting in a window seat, and there's no business or first class on this plane, it's all just economy, and this kid is sitting in the window seat, and, you know, he's sitting there all straight up, he's looking out the window, he's kind of sitting there kicking his legs, because he's so short that his feet don't even touch the ground, and I'm like, you know what, I enjoy kids enough, and this kid, he's not giving problematic energy, you know, some kids, you see them, and you're like, okay, I know that there are like 17 boogers on your fingers, and you probably eat the gum off of old tables, you know, some kids give off that vibe, this kid did not, he seemed perfectly fine, super chill, and so I sit down in the aisle seat, because I was like, okay, if I sit in the middle seat, then I'm really going to be stuck babysitting him, you know? And I like kids enough, but also I was really tired. It was an early flight, so I was like, okay, I kind of want to sleep. So I sat in the aisle seat, so there was an empty middle seat. And more people are boarding the plane, and I say a few words to the kid. I'm just like, oh, hi, like, is this your first time flying? Like, oh, how old are you? Like, are you excited? And the whole time, he was just sitting there all excited, smiling, nodding, kind of, like, answering my questions, like, but, like, how a kid would not full answers you know if yeah and then a guy comes he looks 
I don't know, maybe like 23-ish, I don't know, 24, a little older than me, and he sits down in the middle seat, he's like, oh, is this seat taken, I was like, no, so he sat down, and I was thinking in my head, okay, I hate I literally hate it when men sit next to me on a plane, especially when I'm traveling by myself. But if you are willing to put yourself next to a five-year-old little boy and some, like, groggy-looking teenage girl, you know, you're probably, like, a decent enough person because plenty of people walked past us because they were like, I don't want to sit in between a teenage girl and, like, a five-year-old little boy. But this guy sits down, and he was really nice. And the whole reason why I'm explaining this story to you is because it was one of those moments where my heart just, like, felt happy and warm. Because this kid, like, I was talking to him, and so was the guy in the middle. He was really nice. And we were just kind of saying, like, oh, are you excited to fly? Like, this is how you click your seatbelt. Like, oh, look, you can pull the tray table down. And then if you pull it again, it moves closer to you. And this kid was, like, fascinated by all of this, and he had never flown before. And I I was like okay like we're about to take off like make sure you look out the window and as we were taking off when a plane takes off it goes really really fast and then it like lifts up and so the kid was like wee and he was like having a blast and when we reached a high enough point where you could like see all the buildings below you know what he does he looks at us and he goes wait a minute, like, with, you know, like, a light bulb literally went off in this kid's head, and he reaches into his little Spider-Man backpack, and I want you to take a moment and guess what this kid pulled out, okay? Are you thinking? Are you guessing? He pulled out a pair of binoculars. Like, come on, is that not the most, like, pure and adorable thing ever? Like, he used these binoculars so he could look down at all the buildings and stuff, and I made jokes like, oh, like, did you see your house? Oh, wow. And he would even, like, hold the binoculars and then look at you, you know, to see if you looked all funky and big. And the whole flight, the kid was actually so well-behaved. Like, um, once we were up in the air, so this was a two-hour flight, by the way. So once we were up in the air, he, like, played with his action figures by himself. Um, he took a nap. I mean, me, I conked out for a nap. And I just presume the guy in the middle took a nap, too, or at least tried to, like, close his eyes. And so when I woke up from my nap, I slept maybe, like, 40 minutes in the middle of the plane ride. The kid was asleep. Like, just... Once again, I don't think you give a flying fork about this story, but can you just try and imagine, like, just how pure and sweet this was? I mean, even if you're not a, ch- like, person who loves children, I think this encompasses why some people enjoy children in the happy way, not in a weird, creepy, bad, 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 bad way. Alrighty, so moving on past that cute little story of me commuting from Chicago to New York to go to school, I'm now all moved in, all is well and dandy, and for the other part of today's episode, I just want to talk about something that me and Jen came to the conclusion of, and if you don't know, Jen is one of my closest friends ever, literally love her, she has several appearances on this podcast, you should go look for them, Yeah, shameless self-promo. Don't mind me. But anyways, the other day, Genesis and I were having a conversation, and the way that we text is kind of interesting. We will either text about the stupidest stuff. We'll be like, LOL, I just saw a dude fart, or... Oh, wait, <laughs> that's a bad example, but it, it will be totally useless. Like, LOL, dude, I just fell down the stairs, and I think a lot of people saw me. I'm embarrassed, but laugh out loud. You know, like, you know, stupid texts like that. 
Or sometimes we will text each other like super deep stuff. Like out of nowhere, it'll be like, I just went to therapy and had this huge realization that my childhood trauma comes from blank and that to resolve it, I need blank, blank, blank. Like it will go from one spectrum to the other. And the other day I was talking with another one of my friends and I I wanted to get Jen's take on this question is how do you know when you're ready to date? How do you even date? How do you go about that process? And I think that this question is one of those things that doesn't have a right or wrong answer. I mean, every it's just one of those things where like everyone's path is different and that's okay. You know, there's no playbook or actual manual on how we should be doing this. And so it's a very open-ended gray area question. And when I asked Genesis something that she responded with that I thought was so interesting and that's where my thoughts are coming from is she kind of mentioned the idea that when you date, one of the biggest things is, at least for her, and something that I agree with. So once again, these are just opinions and I don't want to fully speak for her, but this is just my understanding of what she said, was that when you date, you need to have at least a basic, fundamental understanding of what you bring to the table. And so let me explain this. So if I am totally new to dating, I'm like an awkward freshman in high school and I just realize now that boys don't have cooties or girls or whoever you choose to love doesn't have cooties anymore and you're like, okay, I think I want to start dating. My hormones are raging. Like all my friends are getting dates. How do I go about that? Is trying to put your finger on what you think you have to offer. Not in like a cocky way, but more of like a, alrighty, so let's say you're a really, really good baker. Maybe you're like, okay, I am a great baker, and if I get into a relationship, I can offer my partner some really good baked goods, and it'll be like a comfort snack, and it'll be lovely. Or maybe you're really good at sports, and you can be like, oh, I can offer this person you know, practice or like teach them how to do this sport or just someone to play with. And I think it's a great way to go about dating because not only are you trying to offer something positive to someone else, but you are also knowing your own worth and knowing like kind of just what what you have, you know? Because if I go into dating and I don't really think that there's like a reason for someone to date me, then why would anyone else want to date me? Does that make sense? And simply to clarify, I'm not saying that if you don't know what's special about you, oh, like you shouldn't date, like you're not allowed to. I think that that's part of the fun of dating is if you just have a tiny little inkling, which I'm sure you can find on your own because we're all special and quirky in our own ways. We're also... We all have our own things that make us wonderful human beings. So if you can just kind of dig up a little tiny bit of that, you can date around or not even dating, just find friends, meet new people, like form different relationships and see if that part of you flourishes when you're with them. And can you share that with other people to make their lives better? And that will in turn make your life better, you know? And this also can sound slightly transactional, which is not where I'm trying to go with this. 
Um, I'm just trying to say that knowing a little bit of what you have to offer for yourself and potentially a partner or a friend or whoever can just lead to better things because then you are not going to be as susceptible to like a manipulative or unhealthy relationship. Once again, all of these things are just my opinions. They're not facts. But yeah, that's just kind of what I was thinking about and I thought that was super interesting. And then there's the question of, okay, well then how do I figure out what I have to bring to the table? Like what do I have that makes me a wonderful, amazing human being? And to that question, I would answer with just what are you passionate about? Like what makes you happy? What makes like what activities or things that you do or think about make you lose track of time? Like what are the things where you forget to eat? You don't know what time it is. You're just wrapped up. All you want to do is this activity. Is it baking, sewing? Are you funny? Um, do you have a great sense of style, photography, art? Um, you know the list goes on and on. So. That's just my thoughts, and that's what I've been thinking about a little bit. So I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. I'm not trying to come off as all like, yay, be positive, warm fuzzies, you're amazing, but I don't know. That's kind of just what I had for this week's episode, and I will see you next week. Bye! Bye!